To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. And uh, I'm excited today because uh, we get to introduce uh, another one of our uh, awesome employees at Wrigley and talk about uh, their personal life. And I discovered they do, they do some great things outside of Wrigley that people may not know about. So let's uh, welcome Stan Mitchell. Stan, how's it going? It's going quite well. Uh, hoping that Illinois can pull out a game. Yes, yes. Matter of fact, I should, I should ask you. So, you know, what are, what are your predictions? What are your what are your March Madness uh, predictions? Well, I definitely don't have St. Peter's going to the Sweet Sixteen. Let's tell you that. <laughs> so far, I think it's been an interesting tournament. You know, upsets always happen in NCAA, so it's always good to see some of the giants get taken down. You know, especially Kentucky. Yeah, no, no. Now, basketball is your thing, and so before we get there, though, let's uh, let's at least tell our audience who may not know because they may not they may not see you every time at the ballpark. Uh, so, where exactly do you work at Wrigley? All right, uh, last season, and again this premier lobby where the people come in that have tickets for the Swiss and the Catalina Club, and I operate the elevator that gets them awesome back down to those two places. And that's my that's my gig right there. Unfortunately, I got it because my dear friend Don Costello uh, as well passed away. And uh, I didn't want to sure get it that way, but uh, that that is my at, at uh, Wrigley. I do enjoy it. I mean, a lot, a lot of good uh, former Bob players, uh, Billy Williams and Hawk. Carlson, David Elevator, Bill Murray, and uh, they all seem like great guys. 
Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Don. We actually just released a shirt yesterday that says Angel, Angels in the Outfield with Don's name on the back of it. Uh, so it's Ryan that you bring that up. But uh, I, wanted, I want to um, uh, dive yeah. into uh, what uh, caused me to discover you, and that is, uh, you know, you wrote a post on uh, social media about refereeing basketball, and I'm like, this is a great topic because this whole podcast is about uh, some of our staff who do amazing things in their personal lives. So let's talk about, first of all, how did you get into becoming a referee to begin with? What made you want to do that? Well, when I came out of college, a teacher at the uh, K-8 building in Illinois, and there were a few male teachers, and we would play basketball every while on a Friday. And during the basketball season, I came up to my room and said that one of the had an emergency to be able to make the uh, tubes from our 70th team and wanted to make a referee. And I said, well, I never have, but I, I know better. He said, well, I've talked to the other coach and he'd rather have two people. And uh, my PE coach had an extra, had a vert and a whistle. That, so uh, I worked and I thought it did okay for, for never officiate. In my life, and throughout the rest of that season, I would ask the officials at our high school, our middle school games, who do I contact? And they would uh, give me names of uh, a signer in grade school games, and I contacted them. And that's how I started. I started working middle school games, uh, girls and boys. And after about three or four years of that, I decided. Maybe I should work high school game. So I contacted the Illinois High School Association, and uh, they told me how to register as an official. So I and, and I started working high school games, and of course started working freshman games first, our games, and eventually, uh, in the eyes of the assigners that assign all the conferences, I was good enough to start working varsity basketball games. And so I started working varsity games, and I probably ended up my first year working about 25 or 30 varsity sophomore games and varsity games so it was like a mixed schedule and then after that year uh, i ended up being a full varsity official working anywhere from 50 to 65 high school varsity games uh, per year and eventually probably after about five or six years i got my first postseason assignment which which is regionals is the first postseason in the playoff system so i got and I worked regionals, and I finally got a regional final, which is what you want. And then I eventually, after a few years, got a sectional Wednesday. And what you really want to do is, is get the Tuesday-Friday, because the Friday is the sectional final. And after a few sectional Wednesdays, I, I eventually received a sectional final, and I worked a few of those. And then I your next step is the super sectionals. And I ended up getting a super sectional assignment, which they sent me to Illinois State University, where I had the Quincy Blue Devils against the Peoria Richwood. Of course, the winner went to the state finals. So I worked three super sectionals. And then in 2002, my first trip to the state finals in uh, Peoria to work the finals. And that was in 2002. And then I worked the finals in 03 and then in 06. So that's pretty, pretty much my uh, resume. And right now, 
uh, I've been working anywhere from 65 to 70 high school games per year now. And so I work quite a bit with a lot of conferences. I work the Chicago Catholic League, the East Suburban Catholic, the West Suburban, North Suburban, Southwest Suburban, Metro, um, Fox Valley. So I do uh, put a few different gymnasiums throughout uh, throughout the uh, Chicago area. Okay, so that's that's my uh, background in high school officiating, and I just completed my 38th season as a high school basketball official. So I've been doing it for a while, and I think I'm going to go two more years and and hang up the striped shirt after 40 years. At least that's my plan right now, you know, but uh, uh, it's been a great, uh, I made some great uh, personal relationships with, uh, with fellow officials and with coaches. Um, you know, there's not too many coaches that don't know me since I've been working so long and been uh, to the state finals and in sectionals and so on. Most coaches know who I am and uh, I usually get along with most of them quite well during the Use your people skills as well. And of course, when you get established, uh, it's a little bit easier with the coaches because they know who you are and they've seen your referee quite a bit and um, they kind of give you the benefit of the doubt most of the time. On, uh, it might be a close close call one, one way or the other type of thing. But I enjoy it and uh, it keeps me uh, in shape and uh, gets me out of the house uh, on a lot of nights during the season. You know, the season starts at Thanksgiving time, and, of course, it ends with the state finals, which was last weekend. So it does uh, run – it's probably one of the longest seasons in high school sports because uh, most teams play now around 31 to 33 games per year. So since there's a lot of games, there's a lot – and, unfortunately, young guys are not getting into officiating as much, so we do have a shortage of officials, not just in basketball but in all sports – so that's one reason why I, I'm working more and more games because I'm working more and more. Sometimes this year I worked actually two games on Saturday, like an afternoon game and then an evening game. And during the week, I, I can work any day of the week, Monday, Tuesday. You know, they play all over the place since they can play up to 33 games uh, during the season be, before postseason play. So tell me, so tell me, because I know back, back when I was uh, uh, more inclined to be running around, I wanted to be a – uh, uh, a umpire in the IHSA. So I'm just curious, um, what are the steps? Somebody that's listening and they want to be a referee one day, uh, what are the steps? Is there a test? Is there, like, what are the steps to even becoming a referee on the high school level? All right. Uh, first step is to go on IHSA.org, which is the Illinois High School Association website. And there is a link that says officials. And you click on that link and blank there's different asks of officiating one is how to become a registered official so you click that on uh, you fill out a, a form and uh, i think right now to register for one sport i think it's 45 dollars. and whatever sport you are uh, you do have to take a test uh, and we have to take a test every year before the season starts and uh and uh, you take it at your own pace you know it, it's online now Back in the old days, they, they, they would mail you the test and you had to do it by hand and then mail it back to them. Of course, with technology now, we just we do it online. And uh, so you take the test and you score at least 80% or above, I believe, to become registered. And once you do that, then uh, register official. The next step is to uh, join a basketball association. And there's different associations without the Chicagoland area. And that's when you get to 
uh, get to meetings, rule meetings before the season starts. The the two groups I belong to, we meet about six or seven times before the season starts, and we go over different parts of the rule book. And then, of course, you make contacts with other officials and with other people that see so each conference has, has an assignment chairman. So the West Suburban Conference has a guy that assigns games in his conference. The Catholic League has an assigner that assigns the Catholic League games and so on. And then you get to uh, get to know those fellows. And uh, one thing for young officials, uh, most of the assigners uh, get together and they run a camp in the summertime. So, uh, and, and that's in conjunction with high school games, summer games. So, so assigners can then watch, you know, referee and they can then make a decision if they want to use you as a official in their conference. So that's one thing I did when I was young, young just starting out, I went to a officials high school camp and the signers that were there like, you know, like what I, they saw of me. And I started working in, in, in a particular conference and working sophomore and freshman games. And so that's how you uh, want to get together. But the biggest thing is get registered and join an association so you can uh, network with other officials. And then, of course, uh, get to those rules meetings prior to the season starting. So you sent our producer a list of some of these players. I want to go over some of these players uh, that you that you have officiated over the years, and just tell me tell me about okay. them real quick. Again, let's talk. Let's start with um, Derek Rose. Tell me about Derek Rose. Well, Derek Rose was one of the uh, best high school players I ever officiated, and I ended up being assigned to the sectional at Oakland High School that they played in. So on Tuesday, and they won on Tuesday, and then they came back and played Richards High School for the sectional final on that Friday at Oakland High School. And another good player off that team was Tim Flowers, who also played Division One basketball up in Wisconsin. And uh, But Derek Rose was one of probably two or three players I ever had the privilege of officiating on a basketball court. Uh, whenever Richards got close, he basically said, give me the ball, and uh, he took over along with Tim Flowers, and it was an, uh, quite a unique experience, and he was strong and athletic and uh, just had all the tools. And that's why he ended up in the NBA, because <laughs> he was right, uh, right. that type of player. Hey, it's Frank from the Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark podcast. Listen, I get so many messages, emails, phone calls about investing because I talk about it so much on this show that I can't respond to them all. But what I've decided to do is do a class on Patreon for all of our supporters in two categories. For those that are 40 and under, and those that are 40 and older, because investing is different based on your age. I get asked, Frank, what is an NFT that these young folks are talking about? What is cryptocurrency? Or I hear about Frank, it's the time to readjust my 401k. What's the best life insurance to get? What about life insurance that has living benefits? Or the big one, I just got a raise at my job, it's 2%, but inflation is 7%. Did I really get a loss? I have also noticed a trend. A lot of parents and or grandparents 
are starting to understand that the cost of college is skyrocketing. And they know that it is better to invest when your child is younger as opposed to later on. And I've recently been talking about how I have gotten some real estate and some stocks and some other investments into Jordan's name so that he is taken care of if something were to ever happen to me. I'll break all of that down, how I did that, how you leave stuff to your children or loved ones in the will and all that good stuff on these investing sessions. Talking about all that and more on our Patreon page every week. Go and get it, patreon.com slash mistaken identity podcast. Let's get investing and generational wealth together. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Reboots, reunions, reruns. No matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week, discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact, and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stay the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. So another one, one of my favorites, another one, uh, Kevin Garnett. Tell me about that. Well, Kevin Garnett, as you know, he only played in Illinois for one season, his senior year yeah. at, uh, at Farragut. And I ended up uh, refereeing him one time at the, at the Proviso West Christmas Tournament. And as you know, another great player on that team was Ronnie Fields. And, uh, and uh, between those two fellows, they had a tremendous ball club. And uh, Kevin Garnett, you could tell that he had, he had all the skills to make it to the NBA. Uh, it was just a amazing experience to referee both Ronnie Fields and um, Kevin Garnett at the Prize West Christmas tournament. I had them in a quarterfinal game against Thornbridge. And of course, you know, Thornbridge, very, very good teams back, back in those days. And uh, Kevin Garnett it was the real deal. And he showed it when he played for the Timberwolves and so on and the Celtics, and then Ronnie Fields probably would have ended up in the NBA, <clears throat> but unfortunately he had that terrible car accident uh, that uh, I think he ended up breaking part of his uh, vertebrae in his back or neck area, and that unfortunately ended his career as far as uh, trying to go to the next level of the, uh, but the, those two guys were two of the top. 
top guys I ever officiated. And another one of my favorites personally is uh, Kendall Gill. Tell me about Kendall Gill. Well, Kendall Gill, I when I officiated Kendall Gill at Rich Central, that was in my early days. Uh, I was uh, probably within my, the first 10 or 15 years of high school officiating. And uh, I ended up uh, getting having Rich, Rich Central at Bradley Bourbonnet. And Bradley Bourbonnet had a very good team as well. In fact, I think the game was for first place in that conference. And uh, and Kendall Gill, you know, he again, you could tell he, he had all the tools to be a great ball player beyond high school, which he was uh, when he went to Illinois and beyond. And uh, it was just a, uh, you know, he was, he was just a tremendous high school ball player. And, uh, and, I, and I would put him up in the top 10 or 15 guys I, I had ever officiated as well. I want to say one fellow that I, that I ended up having was Sean, Sean Livingston at Peoria Central. And uh, that's because I, I had him in the, in the state semifinals in 03. They played Evanston. And I was able to, uh, I was assigned to that game down in Peoria. And that's when I had Sean Livingston. And again, just a tremendous high school basketball player. And as you know, went on to the NBA and was with Golden State uh, when they won some of those championships. So another, you know, great high school ball player. Okay. And um, let me tell you about the, about the most amazing game I ever officiated. All right. Or the most amazing, the most amazing performance I ever officiated. Okay. I was at the Proviso West Christmas tournament. Glenbrook North was playing Proviso West, the home team, in a quarterfinal game in the winner's bracket. Proviso West was ahead by about 12 or 13 points with 75 seconds to play. And I've heard this story, but John Shire ended up scoring 21 points in 75 seconds. The John Shire that went to Duke, and the John Shire that's going to be the new head coach at Duke after Coach K retires after the last game this year. But John Shire ended up scoring 21 points in 75 seconds. Oh, now, wow. if you ever want to watch that thing, you can actually you, you can actually YouTube it. You can just put in John Shire 21 points, and you can see the uh, 21 points he scored. It was it was an amazing, and uh, there was 4,200 people in the stands because it was. Uh, Glenbrook North, John Chaya was, you know, was one of the best high school scorers of all time in Illinois. And the other thing was Coach K was in the stands watching his recruit, even though he had already committed, he came out to watch him in that game, along with Chris Collins, who was his assistant, who is now the head coach at Northwestern. They were both sitting in the stands watching this amazing performance of John Shire scoring 21 points. And 75 seconds. Of course, I tell my friends the reason it's on YouTube is because I'm in it. You know? But uh, uh, right. yeah, it was it, it was just it, it was the most amazing experience I've ever had on a basketball court as a basketball official. I just want to, I just want to go to a, little, a little bit of baseball before we go real quick. So tell me a little bit about how you decided. How did you even hear about the Cubs were hiring? And how, why did you decide to come over the Cubs? Well, I've uh, been a Cub fan since I was a boy. Uh, been to Wrigley Field many times with my with my friends, especially in high school. We would hop on the L or take the bus from Oak Park and go to Wrigley Field. Uh, and then, as we were, as I was getting close to retiring from my regular, uh, I did mortgage business. I was a mortgage originator, and I was getting close to retirement. I went to a game at Wrigley Field. It was an afternoon game, 
And I was with a, a good friend of mine named Jack Tumpane. That last name may sound familiar because his son is a major league umpire, John Tumpane. And John was umpiring third base that day. And Jack has a good friend that is a head usher on the right field side of the stadium. And I ended up meeting him. So I told him I was thinking of it in about a year or so on. And, and of course, all of my, I had been a Cub fan. He said to me, well, after you retire, what do you think about working at Wrigley Field? And I looked at him. I said, you know what? I'm going to give that some thought. And so I went on the Cubs.com website. I saw the online application and completed the application, sent it in, and went through the interview process. And uh, this was in seat. 2018 is when I started. So this was, uh, you know, in early 2018 when they call you in for interview. I think it was in January. Uh, so I went yeah. through that process. And, and, of course, they sent me an email asking me back for the second round of interviews. And then when I did that, then they sent me saying, we'd like for you to work for the Cubs. We just have to wait for the background check to come back. And that came back. And uh, Wrigley Field, I come. And uh, I started out in 2018 just as a regular security guy checking bags at all the checkpoints, uh, you know, from left field, you know, main gate, you name it. And that's, that's what I did most of the time. And uh, and then and then the next year, they opened up some more clubs, as you are well aware of, and they needed more people in the Premier Services team. So I applied uh, to be in that uh, 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 position and I went for the interview for that and I got hired and in 2019 I was in charge of the left 1914 club which is on the uh, third base side in charge of that door so uh, I made sure that the people who had the correct wristband uh, could get uh, from that door and uh, every once in a while you would have somebody trying to get in that didn't have the wristband, and I would have to say, sir or ma'am, uh, unfortunately, I can't let you in. You don't have the right wristband. And so that's what I did in 2019. And then, of course, you know what happened with my current job as the elevator guy in the premier lobby. And uh, I've loved it. I've met some great people, as you well know. Uh, actually, Don and I became really good friends. Uh, uh, even though we were kind of opposite, uh, we just... Uh, connected, and we would both take the L. So I would meet him at Clark. Uh, I would wait for him to come from from where he was coming from, and then we'd hop on the train together lots of times. And then we would take it, and then we would and we would take the train back after the uh, uh, our shift was over at Wrigley, and uh, we just uh, ended up becoming really, really good friends. And uh, and then of course when he passed, it was a uh, you know it was devastating, and. If you wanted to know Cubs trivia, Don knew Cubs trivia. I thought I knew Cubs trivia. I didn't know anything. Don was unbelievable. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know if you ever read the article Paul Sullivan from the Tribune wrote, a, uh, but he wrote a story about Don because he had sent letters to different ball clubs when he was discussing with the same Maybe I can. I become a fan of your team. I don't know if you remember that, but Paul Sullivan wrote a great story about about him, and and, and that and and so and then I got two uh, two great guys. I become well, actually three that work in the Premier Services area with me. Uh, we've become really good friends, and 
uh, it's been a great experience. That's for sure. And I, I've had great supervisors, you know, uh, from you, from Sharon, Donna, and, you know, just great, great supervisors that I've really enjoyed working for. All right, Stan. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot and tell me, what is, what do you think, what is the prediction what the Cubs are going to do this year? What's your prediction? That's your last question. What's your prediction for the Cubs this year? Well, I think we're still rebuilding. I think we still need another arm in the starting rotation. And I think we still need another bat or two uh, to compete for the, uh, for the division. Um, so I think if we don't get those, I think we're going to be somewhere in the middle, you know, at this point, I'm kind of anxious with the, uh, with the new, uh, Japanese player that we, uh, signed. It looks yeah. like that he might be a very exciting ball player for us. That's for darn sure. So I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing him and seeing what he can do for us. That's for sure. And, uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. Uh, I think, uh, uh Marcus Stroman, getting him uh, on the mound for the Cubs was a really good signing. And uh, and I was on that stream when you had it with, with Marcus, and he sounded like just a tremendous individual. So I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch as well, you know. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm thinking right now. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Stan. And I want to thank all of you all for – uh, listening to us, and uh, now you got to know uh, Stan on a different level. And uh, we will catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks, Frank. Appreciate the time. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding Mistaken Identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings, head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, Unconfined Network. Com to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty from the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Oh,